politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for another really exciting new week here at Conservative Review, Blaze Media. And uh, yes, it is the last full week before that big day next Tuesday. Or is it that big of a day? Well, some ways it's not because we have election month, if not longer now. But also, how much does the election matter? It definitely does matter. I know everyone in in this audience obviously certainly would rather Trump win over Biden and rather most Republicans win over Democrats. But given what Republicans are prone to do to us, are the outcomes in the long run always better? That's what we're going to explore a little bit today, as well as the typical news items that we explore. And I want to note that today, Monday, October 26th, is the 19th anniversary of the Patriot Act. See, you guys are real patriots in the mold of the Sam Adams patriots in the 1770s. But we had something very Orwellian. And it's amazing. I I remember, you know, my heart in my throat, you know, my heart beating really nervous that night 20 years ago during the... um, during the elections, Gore and Bush, and it was so close. Oh my gosh, we can't have Gore win. We were so excited after eight years of Clinton to get a Republican. Have you ever thought about what would have happened had Gore won? And don't tell me, oh, the the country would have been destroyed. I don't want to hear that. What would have happened? I want you to think very long and hard. And it's not the type of thing you could answer off the cuff. 9-11 would have happened either way. But what would we have responded? Remember, our response ultimately was to entrench us in Middle Eastern conflicts that didn't punish our enemies but punished ourselves. We doubled and tripled Muslim immigration. And... We empowered the Muslim Brotherhood even more domestically. We didn't address what caused it. And we passed the Patriot Act, which, as we know now, really laid the groundwork for government surveillance and control over public health. I didn't even realize till recently how much public health stuff um, was passed under the Patriot Act or under other Bush-era policies and laws That took away our freedoms. And it's not like, you know, we clamped down all these mosques and all these people inciting terrorism. Nope. It was used against everyday American patriots. Of course, under the guise of patriotism. So I bet a lot of you didn't know or don't remember. You know, it was, what what, what was it, like six weeks after 9-11? Today is the day that we passed the Patriot Act. So again, it's just very important to have this perspective of be careful what you wish for. Again, make it very clear. 
I, like everyone else, is uh, am getting up caught up in the excitement. How it just, you, you know, those days before the election just seems like everything's hinging on it. And it's like you go through this path, you're headed to heaven. You go to that path, you're headed to hell. And certainly, believe me, I want him to win. Believe me, I have a lot of friends in this administration that at least we have an opportunity to get through to him, an opportunity to make things better. And with Scott Atlas, it looks like we we should be able to be on a better trajectory. But just remember, there are challenges that we'll be confronted with, even with Trump winning, that we might not have with him losing, and vice versa. There might be opportunities we will have with Biden and, and Harris winning that we might not have with Trump winning. Look, on net, you give me the choice. I'm going to obviously make the obvious choice. But again, you know, ultimately that's in God's hands, and we have to be prepared either way. In other words, don't give up if Biden wins, and don't give up the other way. And Like, oh, we're, we're safe. Whew. I mean, look, celebrate, and I cannot tell you how awesome that would be to defy all odds, to defy despite everything. It would be a great moral victory for conservatism, um, just the perception of it. But then you got to make it, you know, kinetic. You got to actually make it work. You recover the possession of the ball, but now you got to make the plays and you got to score the points. And I want to show you a vivid illustration of how things in certain ways could be even worse with Republicans winning. And it's not necessarily Trump's fault directly, but indirectly if he doesn't clean up his house. I want to travel to Tennessee to show, show this to you. We've often shown how there is nothing and nobody so intrepid and principled as a Republican out of power or at least maybe in a minority, or maybe in a majority in a state, while the Democrats control the feds. And often we get better results. I mean, speaking of Clinton and Gore, I mean, look, you know, in many ways, the 90s worked out. That we had a Democrat president and a Republican Congress. Now, the problem here is you, you would wind up likely, just because of the map, if, if the polls are more or less right, and and Biden would win, the, the Democrats would, would likely control all three branches. But my point is, take a guy like Tennessee Governor Bill Lee. I want you to take a listen to this ad that was put out and tweeted out by Governor Bill Lee. Take a listen. We Tennesseans all have a choice to make in our fight against COVID-19. I choose to enjoy live music. I choose to cheer on my team. I choose to go out. I choose to stay healthy. I choose to celebrate with my family. The choice is simple. Choose to live your life and choose to live responsibly. Face it, masks fight COVID-19. Folks, let's face it. Ha ha ha, that was really corny. Masks work. Yeah, yeah, kind of like in France and Italy and Czech Republic. Oh, whoops, they don't work. Actually, in the counties in Tennessee where they had it, it spread more, according to the only, only analysis done 
on mass data in that state. But this guy is as radical as any of these Democrats. That's what I wanted you guys to see. Now, he's playing this game that he doesn't have the guts to really stab the conservatives in the back there fully. So he's allowing local, he extended it for like another month or something where local officials could, you know, destroy you. So he could kind of wash his hands of it. But at the same time, he's clearly tipping the balance by putting this ad out and promoting it. By the way, I mean, it it didn't come out so good because we, we don't have video now. It's only audio. But you got to see it. It is just queer. I mean, I'm telling you, the, the stuff that Republicans in red states, this is a state where Trump won. How many counties are there in Tennessee? Like 110, 120. He won like all but two or something. He won the state by like 37 points. And this is what we have. But what I'm telling you, folks, is if Biden were to own this, watch Republican governors in red states start saying it doesn't work because that, that, that's politics. They have to push back. So then Biden owns it. And then they're like, oh, look what Biden's doing. But here it's ironically, if, if, if now, now, again, I think the best option is for Trump to win and to use the proper bully pulpit personnel policies, budget leverage, legislative le- leverage, the veto leverage to get on the right track. But if you don't, which we haven't until now, you get a worse outcome. Because guess why Bill Lee is suddenly being an idiot on this? Well, number one, on a superficial level, the K-Stemic is spreading in Tennessee. So everyone has to show that I'm doing something. Even though it's the same something that you have been doing and everyone has been doing for months while it's spreading. Because God forbid, could we admit that there are just certain things that you can't do. We haven't been able to stop the flu. Now you could say this is worse than the flu in some ways. But whether whether it is or isn't, that still holds true. That there's nothing you can do to stop it. And all you will do is destroy physical, mental, and emotional health. Kill people with exponentially more years of life left in exchange for those at their final year or two that you cannot save anyway, and there's no evidence that what you're doing helps, except, of course, proactive treatment with zinc, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, that they're not doing and not putting out to the public enough. If we have time, we'll get to that today. But do you know who promoted this on Bill Lee? Debbie Burks. Mike Pence's, Pence loves her. This was the coordinator of that stupid task force. Who is president now? He bullied Tennessee. You need a mask mandate. So now the governor is pushing it. It's the exact opposite of what we would see if Biden would win. Now, again, I'm not saying I want Biden to win. I'm saying I want Trump to win and for Scott Atlas to be in charge, which I think we're getting closer to. But that would require us from the minute Trump would hopefully and hypothetically win that Wednesday morning, fire Fauci, fire Burks, and fire Redfield. We can't think it's going to happen. We can't hope it's going to happen. We have to make it happen. We have to learn the lessons of the first term 
to better actualize the second term. And again, if Trump would win, which, I mean, in my mind, it's kind of a toss-up. I just don't have a good read on it, so I'm not going to sit and you know bloviate for a week on how I'm certain that something that is that we know is going to be verifiable <laughs> in eight days from now is going to come out, so I'm not going to sit and waste your time with that. We'll see what happens then. I'd rather analyze the data and try to interpret what did happen when we have hard data. What does it mean? Talk about the geography a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that in addition to the policy consequences of whatever comes out. But again, I want you guys to understand this happens all the time. Sometimes you get more righteous outcomes when Democrats are president. Because Republicans are so perfidious. It shouldn't be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. So my goal is just to motivate you to understand that, I mean, you cannot imagine the euphoria that will exist among our ranks, among my colleagues, were Trump to win. And that's fine. You want to gloat for, for a day or two. You want to, that, That's great. But you got to hit the ground running. Because I will tell you this, if Trump winds up winning, he will never get more political capital than in those days and weeks. It's like someone throws their best punch at you and you're still standing. Right then is when you immediately go. You don't like, oh, wow, man, I mean, I can't believe I won. That's when you go ahead and do what Stonewall Jackson wanted to do after the first battle of Manassas and just go for the win. Because over time, again, the Trump fatigue is going to set in as it does in any second term. Second term, midterms, the incumbent party gets slaughtered. The, t- the clock is ticking. And you got to do it then. The firing of personnel, the changing of policies. Be resolute. Be consistent. And run for it. And we need a movement focused on that. The day after a potential Trump win... Is not the time to talk about Hunter Biden. You could talk about that now. And I understand why people want to do that. It's egregious what went on there. Most people in America don't know that Biden is more corrupt than anyone in Trump's family. But, you know, the same thing I, I couldn't stand when they kept litigating the case against Hillary after she was already a non-entity. Well, you have control now. Now you control your own destiny. Debbie Burks is running around the country just spewing garbage, spreading panic, promoting literally Biden's thing. By the way, Biden, in in a recent interview, uh, it might have been yesterday, he actually was bashing Scott Atlas. So he called him, he knows him by name. The difference between Atlas running the show and Burks and Fauci running the show is every bit the difference, literally the difference between Trump and Biden winning. But what I'm telling you is you could have a Trump win and a Fauci Burks control because that's essentially what we've been having for most of this year and even even still now. On Saturday, Burks was uh, visiting Rochester, Minnesota. And she was warning them of rising cases. 
And she said, you better. I mean, people are going indoors now. The cold weather. Pushing mask mandates. And it's like, first of all, Minnesota is run by an utter buffoon. Okay? A liberal beyond belief that criminalizes people don't wear masks while allowing BLM to literally burn down entire portions of Minneapolis. They have done everything that Burke said to do. And, it, and, and she has the nerve to get up there and say, it's spreading. You need to do this. They're doing it, you idiot. And then she demanded, and she's pushing this around everywhere, that we basically test everyone all the time. Now, first of all, we're already testing like animals. It was 900,000. Now, some days, like 1.1 million. It's literally more people than we test in an entire 40-week surveillance period of the flu season, like from you know September through April on any given year. In one day. She thinks we need to get every asymptomatic person. She called them the silent spread in the community. Now, I've heard through the grapevine that she is such a maniacal fool. She actually wants to test the sewage in college campuses to vet out, you know, asymptomatic whatever. So, first off, we're already basically doing this. I mean, they literally look us in the eye and say, Social distance, wear a mask, contact trace, and test. Well, we've been doing that, you a-hole. At what point do you not take responsibility for the results of your policies? We haven't had Trump's stated policies, unfortunately, as the prevailing view. It's been the Fauci-Burks thing. Now, again, I understand... That he doesn't want to go and fire, you know, have a shakeup a week before the election. But next week, if he wins, and frankly, even if he loses, these clowns better be gone. Why is she allowed to contradict the president's view? Why is Mike Pence allowed to contradict the president's view? I'm sorry, but that guy should have been gone. He should have been replaced with Christy Nome. Now, what Burks is going around and all of them, they're saying they're not supporting, they're not pushing for lockdowns. It's become a dirty word. So they're running away from it. But that is a lockdown. Because if you're saying that any person, that you're going to randomly test every asymptomatic person, especially with 40 CTs on the hypersensitive PCR tests, where often they're either, if they're not false positives, they're at least nebulous positives that cannot transmit you will shut down the entire country. There's an important thing I've mentioned numerous times. There is tremendous academic literature behind the concept of asymptomatic seasonal flu. We saw this very much with pandemic flus like H1N1. The majority of the country was immune to it, or mainly immune. When I say immune, I mean enough that it wards off the symptoms, the T-cells, and you get it asymptomatically. All these people, it's funny, like all these like drones that are consumers of superficial news. You know what I mean? Like they don't study anything. They don't know anything, but they just know what the media tells them. So it's like 
asymptomatic. It's like they, they try out all these new terms and words they never heard of. Like, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new about SARS-CoV-2. The reality is, according to a lot of studies, as many as 15 per, 50%, if not more, of people infected each year by the flu, they're asymptomatic. But we test as many in one day as we do the entire flu season now. So when you see on a typical flu season, 40 to 60 million people infected, that really likely means there could have been 120 million people infected. But most people never got sick from it. Or half the people never got sick from it. And it's a similar thing here too. When we talk about the 20% where the virus kind of wanes, it doesn't mean it only goes 20%. It means that they got it enough that you produce antibodies in a given area. 20-25%. So it would put us in the 60 millions. And And because of the testing, we are getting a lot of the asymptomatic, but there's a lot that, of course, we still don't get, as she complains about. So... Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to go definitely over 100 million, but but a good number of those people, they'll get nothing. And then how much longer are they going to sit and promote this business of asymptomatic spread without producing evidence of that? Just like with the mask wearing, anytime it was actually studied, it shows the other way. A contact tracing study of 3,400 close contacts of 391 SARS-CoV-2 cases in in a Chinese province right next to Wuhan during the peak months of the virus found that transmissibility seems to increase commensurately with the severity of symptoms. So if you only had it mildly, you're not as transmissible as the serious cases in the hospital. They barely found asymptomatic spread. If you remember... Just like with mask wearing, the World Health Organization said in May that spread from asymptomatic was, quote, very rare. Then, of course, like everything else, they're like, oh, no, no, okay. You know, because then when everyone was, when the media yelled at them, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 it's, it's a problem. University of Florida Gainesville Department of Biostatistics study, they observed very low rates of transmission. They found that individuals, symptomatic individuals, transmitted the virus at a rate 28 times higher than asymptomatic. There's another Chinese study from May that found very weak transmissibility. And remember, Dr. Fauci in late January, when he was still Dr. Fauci, not politician, media whore Fauci. So he was speaking from experience, not from politics. Just like with the mask, he said, quote, even if there is some asymptomatic transmission, In all the history of respiratory viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of of outbreaks. He added that the driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. You could maybe find here and there. It's never going to drive it. It's not responsible for that degree of spread. That is a reality. What are we going to do here? But folks, 
if you buy into the notion of, of asymptomatic massive spread, which she and all the media and all these clowns do, the reality is we could never live a life because the reality is a lot of people die from pneumonia and they get pneumonia at an older age from the flu. Okay? And the reality is that likely, roughly as many, that, that the asymptomatic rate in a normal flu is pretty much in line with what we're seeing with COVID. So if you believe in this notion that somehow you without any symptoms, just living your normal life is killing people, that is true in perpetuity and we can never live a normal life. That is the reality. Again, nobody said it better than the Daily Beast. Noting Italy's strong second wave of cases, they said, quote, the country has done everything experts like Dr. Anthony Fauci have been advising. Face masks in public places have been compulsory for months. Social distancing is strongly enforced. Nightclubs have never reopened. The sporting arenas are at less than a third capacity. Children are back at school, who, who are back at school, are regularly tested and strictly social distance. And yet the second wave seems completely unstoppable. Remember when Dr. Burke said in August, quote, I wish that when we went into lockdown, we looked like Italy. She actually extolled their horrific policies of keeping, of this, quote, people weren't allowed out of their houses. And she said that like a good thing. So they did it, and it's a dumpster fire. I mean, this is what is so remarkable about these clowns. They get what they want. They get all their things, and then they complain about the results as if it's our policies in place. Then again, she's on the board of the Bill Gates Global Fund. So we know exactly where she is headed with this. So this is my point. Anyone of my colleagues they must realize that they are just one vote, okay? Not much impact, especially in a number of states where the outcome won't matter. But what they can matter tremendously is every day banging away, pressuring Trump, fire Burks, fire Fauci. Because again, Biden already said he's trashing Atlas and saying he would keep on the other clowns. I cannot tell you how many times I've lived through Republicans winning stunning upset elections only to have the air let out of that balloon days later, usually often right after the election, those lame duck congressional sessions, we get slaughtered. Literally everything the voters reject, Republicans bring back. We have to be prepared no matter what. But I want to talk about Another aspect of this, and by the way, just with Bill Lee, let's face it, masks work. Do you understand that in France, okay, in France, on July 20th, they said all public indoor spaces have to wear masks and, and, and they had enforceable fines. A couple weeks later, August 9th, they added it outdoors. August 18th, all workplaces. August 27th, pedestrians and cyclists. And yet, over 45,000 cases 
on Saturday alone, which is the equivalent of 225,000 cases in one day in the United States, which we've never reached. How much longer are we going to continue the lie of masks? Obviously, we had the terrific show with Dr. Hubber on Friday about the harms that it could cause. But this is also an emblematic of the risk versus return matrix with the broader panic and lockdown. You know, over the weekend, the media and Jake Tapper were just floored when Mark Meadows, Trump's chief of staff, said to him, like, yeah, we, we can't really stop it. It's, it. It spreads like the flu. It's like, why not? Is this because it's very infectious? And people and they were like going crazy. Like he said some sort of like crazy thing. And like, you guys are the crazy ones. We have seven months of proof to this. You can't stop it. And they're accusing Trump of, of waving the white flag. You know what they're like doing? It's like Afghanistan. Let's go into Afghanistan, put our soldiers into a meat grinder, accomplish nothing, stop nothing, no, no return from it, but you have devastating consequences and you can never get out of it. This is literally our Afghanistan. You're throwing away a, a, a civilization worth of physical, mental, emotional help, health, economy, education, human experience together. All for something that you cannot accomplish because it's a goal that's impossible. It's like, let's fix Afghanistan. Let's stop the bad guys. Well, which bad guys? They're all bad guys there. Unless you kill every single person. And this is even worse because a virus is not a hurricane. It's not a natural thing that passes over a geographical area. It's a parasite on the human. It won't go away until it infects the humans. That is a feature, not a bug. I mean, it's a bug. That's a feature. That's what it does. So you have to burn it out with the healthier people. There's no other choice. You know, you, you look at March, we could have thought, man, maybe it will kind of go away. There are, there are viruses that do go away. But those are the more rare, deadly ones. The ones that circulate like the flu, that are like a cold, very, very um, contagious. But overwhelmingly for most people, it's really a cold on down certain percentage get it more like a flu and only a very small percentage get it at a clinical level. And even those people were, were doing a better job saving. But again, as we've noted, m most of the people, it is, you know, it's their time to go and you're not going to stop that. It's like, are you waving your, the white flag against the angel of death? That's what it's like saying. And folks, nobody said this better than Neil Ferguson, the, the one who wrote that original Imperial College of London. He himself said this, quote, the more successful a strategy is at temporary suppression, the larger the later epidemic is predicted to be in the absence of vaccination due to lesser buildup of herd immunity. And, and this is what we're seeing. It's like clockwork. So all these countries like Israel and Czech Republic and all these Eastern European countries, oh, we were so great. 
See, I've been saying until now that lockdowns don't work. But it's actually worse than that. If lockdowns completely didn't work, we'd be better off. The problem is, under certain circumstances, lockdowns work in the worst way. Meaning, if it truly just did nothing like masks, masks do nothing. It's like literally not there, but actually it might spread it more. So then, then you're like, well, you know, you'll get herd immunity anyway. But what this d- did is in the places that it didn't yet spread, it just delayed it. And then, but but we panicked. So you weakened your, you, you expended all that emotional panic over the period where it wasn't even spreading and you didn't need to be panicked over it. And now you have a weaker society to face it when it inevitably will spread. That's the thing. If you look, it's remarkable. Every single pandemic flu type of thing since the Spanish flu, it had a ubiquitous wave in early fall. That's what it does. Like clockwork. That That's how it works. You know, throughout the summer, we saw various uh, latitude, seasonal waves, different places. This is universal. Early fall, boom. Certainly in the Northern Hemisphere. That's what it does. And it's going to spread everywhere to, a, to an extent. The less immunity you had to begin with, the worse it's going to be for you. That's just the reality. So you're seeing that it's pretty much spreading everywhere. Even New York and Sweden are getting a little bit more. Very few deaths. Now, obviously, those are two opposites because Sweden achieved a much better result with much fewer. You know, they both probably have similar um, immunity levels. But Sweden had much fewer COVID deaths, plus none of the lockdown deaths. And and New York got it all. They got the worst of all. But nonetheless, they kind of landed in the same place. So, you know, both places, they're having an increase in cases, but, you know, it's, it's, it's much less than anywhere else. And also qualitatively, they already achieved that, you know, first lower hanging fruit, dry tinder that the virus tends to kill off first. So qualitatively also the type of people it's getting now is going to be, you know, it's unlikely to kill. Whereas if you look at a place like whether it's Wisconsin, um, whether it's Czech Republic, um, they did not get their, their first wave. So, you know, they're, they're going to get it and you will have hospitalizations and, 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 and deaths just like the other places had. And most of them are going to follow a certain pattern. There is nothing you can do. But the only thing you can do is destroy an economy, destroy your society. If you look at the lives lost, the limbs lost. I have a friend who's a um, VA psychologist. I mean, the PTSD from Afghanistan. If you look at a cost benefit analysis of the money and lives. When I say lives, I don't just mean the few thousand that died. And then the thousands that had the limbs you know, blown off um, but are living. But the you know even even greater amount of PTSD and and you can't imagine the civilization destroy destruction the divorces broken families it, it is shocking all because we 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 didn't want to wave the white flag and and as I said before if you pull out of Afghanistan is that waving the white flag you're like 
hey guys, you own your dumpster fire. Hey, Afghanis, you know, drop dead. <laughs> you know, you want it? Go have it. That's not, to me, that's not waving the white flag. It's the same thing here. There is nothing to do. But what you can do by embarking on a battle, just like any war, wars are costly. Sometimes they're necessary. But when they're not, and when there's nothing to fight, you're getting all the liabilities with no benefits. This is from the Toronto Star. Cancer surgeons in Ontario are reporting a sharp increase in the number of people coming in the hospitals with advanced stages of cancer. In mid-March, the number of people getting routine cancer screening plummeted, they say. Just like I reported last week in the UK and America. So they're getting all these people that now... Are, are coming in with stage four rather than stage three. See, that's a battle. If you think about it, imagine, and I know this is kind of a deep analogy, but let me come back to where we start with the Patriot Act and uh, 9-11. We, we, we traded, in, in our response to 9-11, we traded what we absolutely could have done with the power we had for what we can't do. We tried to remake the Middle East rather than protecting America's homeland, the border, the visas, the Muslim Brotherhood. We didn't deal with that. Okay? That's what we did. And it's a similar thing here. We as a nation, we know what works in medical procedures and you know fighting cancer with mammograms colonoscopies that is a winnable battle now when i say winnable it's not like you know you're gonna cure every case of cancer but we have really cut into that with the early detection that's real science real results we put that on hold or scared people into coming in for, for those procedures for something that there's literally no proof that you could freaking stop the spread of cold-like viruses. God has not given us that ability yet. There's no invention. And wearing a mask and, and locking down is not such an invention. And if we thought it was in March, the results of what we see make that abundantly clear. Then you have the USA Today. We talked about this last week too. New article, isolation kills, especially seniors. Recent analysis of federal data suggests that isolation has contributed to 13,200 excess dementia deaths since the pandemic started. What are we doing to these people? It was literally like watching special forces soldiers thrown into a meat grinder in Afghanistan for nothing. We were fighting for the bad guys. They were getting ambushed by the very people they were leading. Same thing we're doing with this. We are literally killing people under the guise of fighting the good fight. Do you want to raise the white flag to COVID? What type of stupid statement is that? It's just dumb. Utterly, utterly dumb. 
And then there's what we're talking about, the good news, that the flu has disappeared. The UK media started to notice this. The UK Telegraph, the death from the flu and pneumonia, this was uh, last Friday, I think, fell by nearly one-third in September with the Office of National Statistics saying people who would have ordinarily died around now may instead have lost their lives in the first coronavirus wave. So again, remember, I, I, I said this before that you have to average it out. This is not what we saw during the Spanish flu. Remember, we had well into the hundreds of thousands of annual seasonal flu deaths in the 20s and 30s. So it's not like, oh, you have the Spanish flu and then it just kind of, no, because, I mean, it, it, it wasn't just averaging out people who would die within, you know, last year or this year, the averages out. No, the median age of death was 28. With this, we're going to find over the next few years that were essentially in most parts of the country and world, very few excess deaths. Now, we're going to find a tremendous amount of excess deaths over time from cancer and other things and dementia, suicides, drug overdoses from our response to it. They are the ones killing people. It's phenomenal. And um, they noticed that the biggest drop-off in mortality of different types of deaths was flu and pneumonia which are far far lower than the five-year average. Dropped by like 30%. So um, that's a big deal. And again, it tells you that this mainly kills those who do die from other similar type of viruses. But... Folks, there's something more than that, as I've noted before. It's not just that this kills the same people as the flu. It's that this has taken over the flu and has abolished the flu. We're seeing that more and more in the data. So far for October, if you look at the weekly surveillance for flu testing... And by the way, flu testing is up tremendously because we are, you know, we're obsessed about testing. So we are testing for the flu now more than we were before. And we're finding that basically it's down like 98%. Then you have this from the UK also, Daily Mail. It was feared by many. You, by the way, folks, you heard it here first, but now we're seeing it in mainstream sources. Not in America, of course. UK. It was feared by many to be the perfect winter storm, a nightmare situation that would push our health services over the edge. The twindemic of flu, which kills about 10,000 Britons every year, and a second deadly wave of COVID. Such was the concern that the government rolled out the biggest flu vaccination program in British history. 30 million people, 20% more than the norm, were, were uh, vaccinated. There's just one curious problem. Flu, it seems, has all but vanished. The disappearing act began as COVID rolled in towards the end of our flu season in March, just like I said. And just how swiftly rates have plummeted can be observed in surveillance data collected by the World Health Organization. Patients aren't routinely tested for the flu, even if it's suspected, but a number of Sentinel GP surgeries and hospitals do carry out diagnostic screening on those who have symptoms 
And this data gives us the most accurate picture of how much fluid is in circulation. And they basically know what we noted. It's funny, it's almost the same country, so I wonder if they got it from me. Who knows? But that the flu is basically down 98%. So it's like they're panicking now. They're like, oh my gosh, you should see the hospitals overrun in Wisconsin. But you should see the hospitals in Wisconsin every other state every January, especially three years ago in January. And Wisconsin barely had anyone in the hospital all year. Even with, they didn't have the flu and they didn't have COVID. Now they have COVID because they didn't have a first wave. Everyone's going to get a, a, a substantial first wave. That's the reality. But what if this boxes out the flu? So essentially, aside from a couple of weeks in certain areas like New York City, where it was an above average you know, epidemic. This is essentially, yes, that three-letter word that we started out with, the flu. And just like the flu, a lot get it asymptomatically. And if you believe they spread it and kill grandma, then, then we've been killing grandma since the dawn of times. This is the narrative we need. This is the narrative we're not getting. But folks, remember, Republicans are on board with this evil premise of dehumanizing us with mask wearing as a left. I mean, I saw, I put this out on Twitter yesterday. It went everywhere. I saw a six-month-old. My wife actually thinks she was younger because our daughter is six months old. And this baby wasn't moving at all. Like, ours would have been touching it. But had a face mask on while, like, covered up in a... um. I tweeted out it was a stroller. It wasn't a stroller. It was uh, it was really a car seat. I mean, that is satanic. Could you imagine the development, the autistic-like symptoms that will start to develop among kids that don't can't read fa- facial recognition? They themselves are covered up. They see other people covered up. All for nothing. All for Afghanistan. All for something that we have zero ability to mitigate. But we only have the ability to exacerbate. Except, by the way, hydroxychloroquine and early treatment, which you know the government has put out directly, don't treat it. And when you do, do it with remdesivir, which the only study that has ever been done on it shows it doesn't work. That's a whole other dimension to this, which we can get into another time. But anyway... Busy week. I didn't get into some of the crime stuff I wanted to get into. Lowest incarceration rate for blacks since 1989. BGS just put out a new uh, um, journal article on that. We, we will have a little bit more on that tomorrow. As always, support our sponsors, bullandbranch.com. The most luxurious bedding for non-luxurious prices. As well as ExpressVPN. And folks, we are going to have more advertisers in the coming days. We need to keep the lights on. Remember, as always, go to blazetv.com forward slash CR and get to Blaze TV and all our content with promo code Daniel. Till tomorrow, thank you so much for listening and God bless you all.